Hello, folks. This is your host, Tammy Tucky, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, Imagineers, animators, they have all made their mark on the Disney name. Be sure to check out the show notes, other episodes, contests, our social media pages from Facebook to Twitter, and more on our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop to do day. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest director and storyboard artist Steve Anderson to the show. Welcome, Steve. Hey, thanks for having me, Tammy. Oh, Great it's such here. a pleasure. It really is. I, You know what? I thought we'd first start and talk about your beginnings working in the entertainment industry, especially featured in animation. Well, it was really from the very beginning. I mean, I, gosh, I can't imagine a time that I didn't, that I wasn't in love with animation and that I, that I didn't just love cartoons and feature animation. Um, you know, I grew up in a time where uh, there wasn't as much that was accessible to me. So really, I all I had was what was on TV or what was in the theater. So that was that was Disney, of course, uh, for the most part. But then Looney Tunes and Hanna Barbera and uh, filmation uh, shows and Popeye cartoons and and uh, you know the list goes on. And that's this the stuff I really love. But Disney in particular, um, there was something about Disney that. Um, really attracted me to that style. I really love the Disney style. I think I often think it, it was something in the eyes. There's something about Disney character design and Disney characters in the eyes. They're so appealing and so expressive. Um, uh, so at any rate, I was really taken by that. And that kind of led to my interest in drawing. Uh, and, and really what I did was I started just copying cartoon characters, particularly Disney characters. I just, there was just something about them I wanted to kind of make them part of me. So I felt like I wanted to draw them. And that led to a, a real love of drawing, um, love of animation and uh, that dream of wanting to be a part of it and make, make animation. And one of the first projects you worked on for Disney as a storyboard artist was Tarzan. As a storyboard artist, do you first, you're first getting a script out of this or are you first pitching ideas with the storyboard that suddenly make it into the script or vice versa? It was kind of a lot of both. I got on to Tarzan uh, really, really early. There was at uh, the directors, uh, Kevin Lehman and Chris Buck, um, hadn't even officially started the studio yet. They were they were going to do the movie, but they were um, they didn't even they weren't even in the building yet when I started. So it was so early that um, once they did come in and and uh, assemble the story team, we really started with just throwing out a lot of different ideas. We all read the book, the original Edgar Rice Burroughs book, um, pulled a lot of ideas from that, just did a lot of drawings and, and a lot of brainstorming and talked about um, where the story could go and what it could be about with uh, with the directors and with all the other artists. Eventually, a script was written. They hired a writer and script was written. And then from then on, we um, worked with that script Several drafts were written after that. There was a lot of storyboards that were done. The story artists did a lot of writing. 
writers did more writing. It was very collaborative. Um, it was a really great, for me, it was a really great first, uh, you know, experience with uh, the Disney way of doing story, which is that real collaborative uh, environment between directors and writers and storyboard artists. So it was it was really a great experience. I'm very proud of the movie. And uh, recently, The Emperor's New Groove celebrated its 15th anniversary, and it was great to see you and a lot of the other creative team members, including Don Hahn, on the this little panel that was held at the El Capitan Theater uh, this past summer, I think September. I could not stop laughing because all these all these wonderful stories, and, and it just makes me want to just be able to be a fly on the wall on all these animated films because they go, they go through such a process to get that perfect story out there. So you said originally you were working on Sweating Bullets, soon to be Home on the Range later on, and you did not want to come on this project. So where in the world did you jump in after the film started its process around maybe 97, 98? Yeah, um, uh, I hadn't officially started on, I, I didn't do any, hadn't done any work on Sweating Bullets, but that was kind of the project that I was eyeing. I, I thought, um, the idea of working on an animated Western at Disney was just really appealing. So I kind of was interested in that. And this was right after I'd gotten off of Tarzan, which would have been, I'd say probably late summer of, of 98. Um, I just gotten off of Tarzan. And so I came on to what was then called kingdom of the sun, which was the, the, you know, the movie that became a person group, uh, so I started on that pretty soon after leaving Tarzan and uh, they were having a, a screening that was coming up for kingdom of the sun and they just needed some help. They needed to grab a couple story artists uh, and I was free. I would just uh, um, didn't have a movie that I was on yet. So I jumped on there to help them out for that screening. And just a few weeks later, <laughs> the movie just melted down and, uh, you know, we had, it just had very disastrous screening and, and, uh, it was really sad to watch the movie kind of implode, um, particularly for, um, the, the, the main director of the movie, Roger Allers, who started the, the project. Um, we all just love Roger to death. He's such a great guy. And it was really, really sad to watch that happen, but, but that's what happened. And it became, uh, you know, a month, a couple of months later, it became Emperor's New Groove, a total tone shift. Um, from the from from Kingdom of the Sun. I mean, in all ways, except for the fact that it took place in Peru, <laughs> it was it was a different movie. So that's kind of when I hopped onto it. It was just a total mind shift for me because you know, as an audience member, you're not really thinking about all this hard work that goes from creating a story from scratch. Because we, we think yeah. that these things are like, oh, you know, it must be so easy to make it so good. No, no, no. It takes like years and years to get something perfect. And and I and that kind of segues into Meet the Robinsons. Because mm -hmm. Meet the Robinsons, I clearly remember in Walt Disney World, they had the animation uh, building. And this mm -hmm. was a film that was being promoted uh, m m like maybe uh, two years before it came out. I remember seeing, you know, posters of it on the wall and uh, designs and, and, and all this other information on it. And such a, a wonderful film. I think it's one of these big cult favorites alongside Emperor's mm -hmm. New Groove with uh, Disney fans because it has that 
classic line of keep moving forward, which was something that Walt always believed in. And you came on this project as a director and you're voicing yeah. three different characters in this. Like <laughs> that, that it doesn't get any better than that. So that experience, yeah, I, I don't hear a lot about Meet the Robinson. So why don't you discuss a little bit about some of your favorite points of making that film? Well, it's certainly, you know, just big picture. I'll say it's, it's, uh, I'm proud of everything I've, I've worked on. Uh, I've been very fortunate to have the career that I've had. But certainly the probably the project I'm the most proud of um, because I, for obvious reasons, it was my first directing job. So there was that. I was just exciting to kind of do that. Um, the team that we had on the film, it was uh, there was a lot of obstacles to making that movie. And the team had a lot of uphill battles and, and uh, a lot of mountains to climb. And I, I've never worked with a team that just rallied around the project so strongly. Everybody believed in it. Everybody wanted it to be great. And they just, you know, they just put 200% into that movie. So that's really special too. Um, and then just on a personal note for me, the Robinsons, for me, uh, I, um, in my background, I was adopted. Um, different situation than Lewis in the movie. Lewis is an older boy in a, in a foster home um, who's looking to be adopted. I was adopted when I was an infant. So a bit of a different scenario, but uh, I completely understood when I first got the script, they handed me the script for this movie. When I first got that script, I just related to the to this boy, this boy who's, who's dying to know where he came from, who his birth mother was, you know, why did she give me up? Those are questions that I'd asked since I was a little kid. My parents told me very early that I was adopted, so I knew, I've known ever since I can remember. And there's been many times throughout my life that, that my mind goes to those questions, and I wonder those those exact same things. So to be, and, and by the way, the studio had no idea that I had, was adopted when they gave me that script. It was complete coincidence. Um, so... Obviously, when I got the script, they said, is this something you want to develop? It was an immediate yes, because I had that personal connection with it. So it was a really interesting coincidence, but somehow it just felt like it was meant to be, you know? It was really great because this past year I got to meet the voice of Winnie the Pooh, Jim Cummings, and I interviewed oh, him did. a couple months beforehand about Ray the Bug from uh, Princess and uh-huh. the Frog. And and so you got to work on the latest Winnie the Pooh film in 2011, and you co-directed this with Don Hall. You know, with, with this project, what was the original pitch? Be- yeah, we, uh, you know, the original, basically, John Lasseter called Don Hall myself into his office and said, hey, the company really wants to bring Winnie the Pooh back in a big way, and they want to kick it off with a, with a movie here, an animation, a hand-drawn Winnie the Pooh movie. What do you think? And we were both really stoked about doing that. And the idea was, let's return Winnie the Pooh back to his roots, half of that being his A.A. A. Milne roots from the books, and the other half of that being his Disney animation roots. But then let's also try to find a way to make it, um, I'm air quoting this word, contemporary, because I'm air quoting it because that word could go really wrong if you try to contemporize something that is so so kind of timeless and classic as something like Winnie the Pooh. We didn't want to ever go with the Winnie the Pooh's riding the skateboard and Winnie the Pooh's got an iPad. We didn't want to do that. 
we wanted to make sure that we found the right balance between um, the classic feel and something that could work for today's audiences. And that wasn't easy at all. That was actually very challenging. Um, because in order to be faithful to Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh has a certain pace. It's a slower pace. It's a quieter type of world. The problems in the Hundred Acre Wood are not massive problems. These are just little tiny problems like somebody falls in a pit and they can't get out. Like that's the biggest crisis you're ever going to get in the Hundred Acre Wood, which is fun, but it also for today's audiences could kind of feel like, well, you know, hey, we're watching, you know, we're watching Thor and Iron Man um, blow things up on screen. Why do we want to go see something in the Hundred Acre Wood? Not that we'd ever really be able to compete with Marvel movies anyways, but just in general, how can we make it work for today's audiences and not feel stale or feel old? And, um, and really what our solution was for that was just the humor. We tried to, we tried to make it as funny as we possibly could. The Winnie the Pooh films that Disney Studios made and the A.A. Milne books are actually very funny, but they're funny in, um, in a little more of a subtle a subdued way, and we just thought, could we push that humor a little bit farther? Not too far, but let's push them a little bit farther than than they have gone in the past. So that's what we tried to do. And part of that was casting, getting, uh, we switched up the voices of Owl and Rabbit, bringing uh, Craig Ferguson in for Owl and Tom Kenny in for Rabbit, um, two extremely funny people. And we thought those are two characters that maybe we could mine for for more humor and uh, and so we, we tried to push those personalities as well, and just keep that keep what's inherently funny about all of those characters and their dynamic, and how silly ultimately they all are, how funny they are to watch. Just kind of embrace that and and get that up on the screen um, in, a, in as fresh of a way as we could. The crew was just so excited to be working on that film, to to be bringing back these classic characters getting a chance to uh, to to play in this world was really, I mean, everybody was just thrilled. It was so exciting. We, we, we were constantly laughing and giggling through the whole process. It was one of the most fun movies I've ever worked on and one of the smoothest. It just went through the process so relatively easy. Don Hall and I kept looking at each other going, when's the other shoe going to drop? When's the bomb going to go off? Something." Where's the crisis? We never really had one because the team just rallied around it and just made it. And it was it was great. It was so much fun. And coming off of Winnie the Pooh, you know, you're working on Tangled, Wreck-It Ralph, um, mm-hmm. and now you're working on several other projects, which I'm going to give the floor to you at this point because I know there's some things you can talk about and some things you can't. So uh, do you want to give us an update on what's the latest and greatest that Steve is working on? Yeah, um, yeah I can't talk about specifics, but I am uh, developing a new feature film. Uh, it's many, many, many years away. It's still very early, but I'm um, very excited about the idea. I think it's really um, has the potential to be a really great movie. Of course, we're all going to say that when we're this early in the process, but I really do think that uh, this can be a great movie, and it really has, I think it feels like classic Disney, but at the same time uh, feels very fresh and new and like something we haven't done before. So, um so I'm pretty excited about that. Right now, since it's just really early development, there's no storyboarding being done on it. So, um, so I uh, am just directing, just just directing this one. 
Um, I did work on, uh, I helped out a little bit on Zootopia, doing some storyboards coming out in uh, March, I think, of this year. I love it when you make cameos in the animated films with your voice. So I hope that Mm. this project that you're working on now, (laughs) there might be a role for you that you'll figure out if you can put a voice in for. That would be really cool. Yeah, maybe so. Thanks. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll keep an eye out for that. So let's end the show with our final three questions. They're Disney theme questions, and I call them the Fab Three. So we'll start with the Donald one, which is, as a child, what Disney film was one of your favorites to see in the movie theater? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I had I saw every Disney movie I possibly could get my 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 parents to take me to. Um, the one I guess I remember, I remember the most, that probably had the most impact, was seeing Snow White. Uh, in a re-release at a drive-in movie theater. That may have been, it may have been my first movie-going experience, period, or at least the one that I remember as being my first, the one I, you know, my earliest memory of going to the movies. And I think that was probably one of the things that, that just captivated me the most. I do remember, I didn't quite understand how the whole movie theater thing worked. And I remember thinking as a little, little kid that the voices were coming from actors that were standing behind the screen with microphones and they were speaking their line to the microphone and that was being broadcast out <laughs> to the to our cars at the drive-in movie theater. And our goofy question, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? Oh, that's easy. It would be Elliot from Pete's Dragon. I love Elliot from Pete's Dragon. Um, I know, you know, uh, not is not like the most popular Disney character in the world, but uh, I was so excited for that when I was seven when that movie came out. I was so excited for that movie, and I loved that character when I was seven years old. I loved the design, I loved the animation, and it's just stuck with me over the years. I I just think that character is so appealing and and sweet, and I feel like I want to be best friends with Elliot. So that would be my answer. And our Mickey question: If I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? Uh, it's a strange little obscure song, but the song Little Woodenhead from uh, Pinocchio. Um, and that's a, that song, the theme, that the music for that song is, is woven all throughout the score of Pinocchio. And I think uh, that the score for Pinocchio is one of the most beautiful scores I've ever heard. And that particular theme, that Little Woodenhead song that Geppetto sings, and then the way they use it throughout the score, um, I just think it's, sweet it's beautiful it's it's uh i just feel it's very classic disney it just has that emotion and charm and heart that um i loved about disney when i was a kid and what i hope to continue to bring to new disney projects as i make them you are the best steve i cannot thank you enough for coming on the show and and i I can tell you that our listeners are going to be very excited for your next project and I am too, so you are more than welcome to come back. Thank you again, Steve. Thank you, Tammy. I really appreciate it. my invention. Each patch is the equivalent of 12 cups of coffee. You can stay awake for days with no side effects. Ah!